Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church or to hear the entire message, go to www.anchorchurch.life. During this Advent season, we celebrate hope, peace, joy, love, and the arrival of Jesus. Join us for A Thrill of Hope. Why does the most wonderful time of year always seem to leave us wanting more? We look forward to the gifts, music, and traditions. But the presents and parties are never enough. What do we really need? What about the people closest to us? What do we all need? Thrill of Hope, we've been in this series now three weeks, and we've been walking through the different weeks of Advent, and so that's why the candles are up here if you haven't been here the last couple weeks, and we've been talking about just the different weeks that that come in uh, the traditional sense of Advent, but uh, I just want to touch bases on just the, 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 the thought and the reason behind why we're doing a, a thing that is, that is Advent is there's a few things that are just symbolic with it. Um, I, I mentioned this in our first week that the wreath is round, which represents the eternal life. There is no end that is found in Christ. And, uh, and the candles, as we usher in a new week, we've talked about hope and we've talked about, uh, we've talked about love, and today we talk about joy. Uh, it ushers in, every time we light a candle, it ushers in the, the symbolic um, message of the fact that Jesus is the light and the light is coming. So every single week that we light this as we approach Christmas, it is getting brighter and brighter, just as Jesus was the light that came into the world. More light is coming into to our world every time we light a little candle. So uh, there's, there's a lot of things that are symbolic in this. And, and uh, I just want to say that there's nothing um, extra spiritual about doing an Advent wreath or lighting these candles. It is just a simple way for us to actually recognize what is happening at this time, which is the fact that we are approaching Christmas, and sometimes it can be one of the most chaotic times of the year, even though that we like to sing that it is the most uh, wonderful time of the year. Uh, but there's so much things that happen, and sometimes we lose focus of what really is happening during this time. And so Advent itself means the coming. And so as we are approaching Christmas, we are waiting and we are uh, expectingly um, approaching just the time of, 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 the, of the birth of Jesus, basically. And, um, and so that's what this whole thing is about. It's a time for us to actually sit down and just kind of pace ourselves through this season. And, and so we, uh, as a family, have been doing devotions. And I can be honest with you, this week, we didn't actually sit down and light a candle this week because it has been chaotic. But I would encourage you um, to do so, to, to sit down if you have the time to uh, to do that with your family, maybe do a small devotional. We did it uh, the, the, after the first week, and it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun, and, and the kids got to participate in that. And so we, we, uh, we will continue that this week. Uh, we just have to be more intentional about it. And so I think that that's a good example for all of us, uh, that we just need to be intentional about our time. We can quickly uh, uh, do other things. We can fill up our schedules with all the things that are happening in a week and, and miss out on the opportunity that we have to, 
to be intentional with our family. So I want to encourage you this week to be intentional with your family. Don't be like me, basically is what I'm saying. You never heard a preacher say that before. But, uh, but be more intentional this next week if you haven't already taken up the time to, to, um, to participate in something like this where you can sit down with the family. If you haven't been following along on our social media, you can do that uh, and just use that as a, as a tool uh, because every single day we've been putting out some information there uh, in regards to Advent, and it's been almost like a little daily devotional. So you can read that and even do some follow-up reading with the scripture that's mentioned every single week. So with that being said, I want to go ahead and get us started today. Uh, the first week was uh, that we lit the candle. We talked about hope, and we lit the, uh, the hope candle. And this candle symbolizes the light of the world that is coming into uh, the world, which is Christ. And so as we light the hope candle, we remember a time in the Old Testament where, where they did not have that hope until the prophet Isaiah and some other prophets were talking about this coming Messiah that would come and save the world from their sins, and they, they, they would not have to live under the old law and so when we talk about hope, we talk about this long expectant Messiah that was coming. And so they were filled with hope. And now as Jesus has been here and he saved us from our sins, we now long expect the time where he comes again. And so there's this hope and there's this understanding of what hope is. If you look up hope in the dictionary, uh, there's a different definition than what a biblical sense of hope is. And in the biblical sense of hope, it is confidently expecting. We can confidently expect something far much greater than this world when we are in Christ. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we know that we're going to heaven. doesn't matter what we do uh, to, uh, to, to fall short of the glory of God. Our sins are covered with what he did for us on the cross. And so we know and we can confidently expect that the best is yet to come. And so we, we get to experience heaven with Jesus, and, uh, and that is the hope in which we live for. And when we say that Anchor Church... Uh, we have a hope. We have this hope, which is an anchor for the soul. We're talking about the fact that we have a relationship with Jesus. We can have this. We can have this hope if we surrender our lives to Him. And so, the second week we talked about love. That was last week. So we talked about love, and when we talked about love, uh, we talked about how love comes from God. Love is defined by God. Love comes from God, and uh, to know God is to really know love. And so I encouraged or I was trying to challenge us last week with the idea that the more we get to develop a relationship with Jesus, the more we actually work on our, on our time with him and spend time with him in prayer or in, or in his word or even spending time with other believers who would encourage us, the more that we get to do that, the more we really get to see who God really is and get to see his true character for, for the way that he would respond to different things. And we can really begin to get a better picture of who he is. And I drew a picture of Fred Flintstone up here last week just off of memory, and it was terrible. And then I pulled up a photo of Fred Flintstone, and it was a little bit better because we can look at something when we are studying God's word and we are in his word and we are in these environments where we are surrounded by just his presence, we can get a better scope and better idea of what he looks like and, and be able to live that out in our life. And so today we're talking about joy. Now, joy, when you look up in the, in the dictionary, it says that joy is great pleasure and happiness. That's the noun. The verb version of, or the definition of joy is just simply rejoice. But I want to address the, the idea of joy, the definition being great pleasure and happiness. I think that there's a difference between joy and happiness. Uh, happiness and joy, we can kind of feel the same feelings, but there's a difference between happiness and joy. We can experience joy, like when we have a relationship with Jesus, when we have uh, this, this joyous season, 
we know that there's something more significant about this season uh, when it's involving Christ. Happiness is just a, f- a fleeting feeling that we can have in one moment and it can be gone. But joy is something that is long-lasting. It can stick around. I have said this before in regards to football games, right? Like, my team could be winning. Uh, I am never going to stand up here and say that I'm a Patriots fan. But last Sunday, Patriots fan were pretty happy because they thought that they had won a game. They were filled with happiness. And in just a moment, the Miami miracle happened, and that happiness was ripped away from them. And it's a good example of just how happiness is not something that is sustaining. It can be gone in just a moment. We can hear bad news. We could get that phone call. We could be having the best day. Every single thing is happening just the way that we want it to happen in a day. And then we get a phone call that would absolutely just devastate that day. Our happiness can be robbed from us. Joy cannot be taken from us. And so I want to break that down a little bit for you today. But I want to talk about Christmas music. A couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago, uh, on Facebook and social media, all the social media that Anchor Church has, I, I asked, you know, what's your favorite Christmas song? And so I had a lot of different people write in what their favorite Christmas songs were. And most of them were like Holly Jolly Christmas and chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Nobody wrote, oh, come, Emmanuel. Nobody wrote, away in a manger, silent night. Nobody gets excited about silent night, right? Those aren't necessarily exciting, fun songs to just all of a sudden just break out and sing. Uh, Rocking around the Christmas tree can be a lot of fun too, right? But I think some of our favorite songs really kind of usher in that happiness. They tie into that happiness feeling that we have when it comes to Christmas. You know, like the Grinch song, right? That gets everybody happy. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, um, the thought that, 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 that Christmas is, is about happiness and it's about this, this, this fun time, and it really is. And that's, that's why we, we sing the songs that we sing. That's why some of our favorites are those, those songs that really kind of just tie in the whole season together. And sometimes we sing those songs. We don't necessarily mean everything that we're singing because of what is going on in our current state of life. Uh, what we are, are, are up against when the, when the year is ending. Uh, a lot of us go through a lot of different things, and sometimes we are forcing ourselves to uh, have this, this idea of what happiness in Christmas is. And, it, and usually Christmas can be that, 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 that little happiness boost or that little um, uh, that good feeling, of uh, that holly jolly feeling, uh, but sometimes we just don't feel it. And so I want to address that in, in the sense of, of joy. And, and so today... Uh, we will light the joy candle, which is also known as the shepherd candle. And so this candle ties directly into what we see in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And it says this, it says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night, if you know some of the... Other versions. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you the good news of great joy that will be for all people. And today, a Savior who is the Messiah of the Lord, Messiah of the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. And so the, the angels came to the shepherds and they said, Fear not, because imagine how terrifying that would absolutely be. You're out in the middle of the field, minding your own business, tending to your sheep, probably getting ready 
to sleep under the stars. And all of a sudden, an angel shows and proclaims this message. And they said, fear not, for we, I bring you good news. I bring you uh, the tidings of great joy. And so in this moment, they understood what this meant because the, the Old Testament had prophesied what was going to happen at any given point. And, and, and they had this long expecting hope of when this would actually happen. And this was happening. And so they knew what this meant, and they knew that it was huge. And so all of a sudden, they had this great sense of joy because joy came to the world. We sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's because the understanding and the idea that, that we truly understood and began to know what joy really was and what it really meant when Jesus came. And so the shepherds went running to go find this baby. And so all of a sudden, these songs that we talk about... Uh, uh, you know, maybe we're not feeling it. Maybe we're not getting that emotional lift. Uh, what we really need to focus on and, and get the idea is, is experiencing this same joy that these shepherds were feeling when the angels came to them. And I think that we can look at this and we can look at a couple different things to be able to dissect and get into the idea of what this, this actual joy, this long-standing emotional feeling that we can have when we have this joy in a Savior. But I think that at Christmas time, we can kind of get disillusioned by the hype that kind of gets built up. Ever since Thanksgiving, we've been getting all these ads and these commercials about uh, what we could buy or what that perfect gift could be for our, our children or for our loved ones. And um, there's a lot of hype that goes into Christmas. And, and there's, there's parades, uh, boat parades, there's, there's real life parades, there's parties, there's all kinds of stuff that we really fill our schedules with. And we want to participate in them. We want to experience all these great things. But sometimes we can get disillusioned. We can feel like, man, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a part of all these things. I've gone to all these things. But I'm not feeling that happiness that I wanted to have every year when I have Christmas. And sometimes we just, we lack that emotional lift that Christmas sometimes brings. But that's why we're doing this. This is something that is kind of drawing it out. It is, it is, it is being more intentional and focusing on what is happening in these stories and in, in this life with Advent. Advent is this slow, this slowing down the process and, and actually in waiting. And so how do we get over these disillusioning feelings? And so I think that we can really get a grasp of it when we take a look in Matthew chapter 2 at the story of the wise men. Now, there are not necessarily three wise men, but the wise men, as we'll see here in a second, they, they bring three gifts. So uh, I want you to, to, to picture this uh, when we read through this in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east. Have you ever heard the phrase, wise men seek Jesus? It's <laughs> a bad dad joke. Wise men from the east arrived expectantly in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been, uh, who has been born of the king of the Jews? For we saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. So, so these wise men came to King Herod. And if you know anything about uh, the time of when Jesus was born, King Herod was not the good guy. Okay? He's not the good guy. So the wise men came to King Herod and they said, Hey, where's this king? And King Herod's like, I'm the king. Look at me. I'm the king. All right, anyway. When the King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed because he's the king. He doesn't want any other kings and all of Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them 
where the Messiah was born. So it is his goal to find out where this Messiah is born. Not the same way that the wise men. The wise men are excited. They, they saw the star and they are, they are going with exceedingly great joy to find out where this Messiah was. Now you got to have this in mind too. I want you to have this frame of mind is that the, the, the three kings, like, you know, there's, I've seen about 12 different, you know, um, manger scenes in the neighborhood. And, um, and they, a lot of them have, have the three wise men on their camels, all right? There, there could have there been a lot of them. It's not just three. But also, it didn't really happen where the, like Jesus is in the manger and the wise men just show up. That, that this actually, there's a long time frame here. So, so, so rip that away from your mind if, you, if you're believing in the fact that the wise men showed up and it's still baby Jesus. Uh, it was actually, they arrived at a time where, where Jesus was just a little bit around the toddler age. And so... Um, so King Herod is, is not happy about the fact that there's this other king. And so uh, he's not trying to find Jesus because the wise men are, are finding him and, and they wanna, he wants to celebrate him. He wants to, he wants to get rid of him. So uh, in verse 5, in Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. Now, this is taking a look back at the Old Testament. And it says, and, and you, Bethlehem, the land of Judea, uh, Judah, there are no means less among the leaders of Judah because... Out of you will come a leader who will shepherd my people, Israel. So this is them quoting the Old Testament and saying, this is what was said back then, and this is what's actually happening now. We're excited. We're filled with great joy. Where's the baby? And in verse 7, they heard Herod secretly summon the wise men and asked them the exact time that the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, yeah, I want to see him. Let's, let's, let's have a look-see. Report back to me so that I can go and, and, and worship him too. That's not what he meant. And after hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star that they had seen in the east that led them until they came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed beyond measure. And entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshiped him, and they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so we see here, uh, and a little bit later, they actually discovered and found out why King Herod was, was, was wanting them to report back to them. So they, they actually didn't do that. They, they, here it says here, and they began warm in a dream to go back to Herod, and they returned to their own country by another route. Uh, so they, they were warned in a dream not to, not to go back to Herod. And so uh, when we're talking about Christmas and we're talking about Advent, we're talking about the idea of, of focusing and learning more about Jesus and what the, the whole reason for the season is, and maybe even getting over our own disillusionment of, of what this might bring, and maybe you're not feeling the joy or the happiness this season that you typically feel, uh, you're not as excited, um, what, what can we look at? What can we focus on? And so my question for you is this. The first one is, what do you seek? We can look at Matthew chapter 2, uh, these, these 11 verses, and, and I want to ask you, what do you seek? And your level of joy at Christmas is directly related to what exactly you seek. And so I, I want you to ask this question, what is it that I want to get out of Christmas? What is it that I want to get out of Christmas? Is it just the Christmas season? 
Is it about the gifts? Do I want to make that one person extra happy or do I want to be extra happy because of the gift that I gave or received? What is it that would make your Christmas wonderful? What is it that would make your Christmas satisfying? Is it maybe just being around family and everybody's together? Uh, a feeling that you define uh, maybe could be your holiday spirit. I just want to have that holiday spirit. Finding the right present. The problem with all of these is that they can leave you disappointed. Maybe you, you thought, I picked out the best gift, or I, I can't wait to receive that one thing, or maybe my family was going to get together and all of a sudden, last minute, it's not going to happen. All of these can leave you disappointed. Have you ever had that kind of experience when you were disappointed by Christmas because it didn't deliver, deliver what you thought it would? And the problem isn't necessarily Christmas itself, it's, it's in our expectations. Our expectations sometimes set us up to receive and feel that disappointment. That's not just at Christmas. That's at any time. But we expect, especially sometimes feel it because Christmas just gives us that extra hype to, to feel the feelings that we want to have. And it's often that we're looking for the wrong thing. And so the wise men show us how to increase our level of joy at Christmas by looking for the right thing. They were looking for, in verse 2, when it says this, it says um, that there was, they were looking for the king of the Jews. It says, where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw the star in the east, and we've come to worship him. So they were seeking out the star. They knew what they were looking for, and they were looking for Jesus. And Christmas for them was an opportunity to worship Jesus. And that's what we need to be looking for and be expecting this Christmas, and, uh, an experience of worship, maybe a fresh glimpse of who was born the King of the Jews. And if our goal this Christmas is to worship Jesus, then I doubt that we very seriously will be dissatisfied with that experience. And that's what Advent is. It is, it is slowing down. It is saying, hey, I, this week I'm going to focus on the joy that can be found at Christmas time." Because it's not often that we probably go about every single week and we say, okay, I can't wait to um, focus on the, the hope that Jesus gives me or the love that can be found in Christ or, or the joy that I have received in Christ. But this gives us a time to slow down and be able to do that. And so I want to ask you a second question is where do you look? Where do you look? Your level of joy at Christmas is directly related to where you look. And we learn from the wise men that there are wrong and right places to look for the things that we are expecting at Christmas. And they started by looking in the wrong place. They went to King Herod. That was definitely not the place to be. And they looked uh, at, their, at their own human reasoning and said, okay, look, the king probably knows, so let's go see the king. But the star indicated where the birth of the new king would be. And so they simply just needed to follow that star. And we, too, are tempted to look for joy of Christmas in all the wrong places. It's a very easy trap for us to all fall to. And we think that getting or giving the right gift will be uh, what will satisfy us. And we imagine being uh, with the family and, and having this big joyful dinner table and everybody being together. And we can easily be disappointed by all of this. But um, we're looking for these things. And we can feel that disillusionment. And, and the Magi or the, the, the wise men, they looked in the right place and they eventually found God. And the, 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 the trip to Jerusalem was not a total loss. And, and uh, they found um, what they were supposed to be and they were in the right place. 
And so the third question I have for you is, is what do you give? What do you give? And today we talk about the overflow offering. And I want to make this clear that at Anchor Church, we don't ever ask you to give something. I simply just ask you to ask God what you would do to be able to give. But um, this isn't even about giving of, of necessarily our finances. But our level of joy at Christmas is directly related to what you give. And, and, and when we talk about generosity at Anchor Church, we're not talking about money exclusively. We, we, we use the term treasure but we talk about our time, we talk about our talents, we talk about our treasure and our testimony, the stories that we can be able to share with people, to be able to say, this is what I've experienced, and I don't want you to go through what I've experienced, and I want, you to, I want to help you. It's our four T's. And so the Magi, the wise men, they came to Jesus' house bearing gifts, and, and, and they, were, they, were, they were appropriate gifts. The gold was given because he was a king. And they acknowledged that Jesus was the king. And they gave frankincense because of, it was a, a common gift for a priest. So they were recognizing his opportunity uh, uh, in, his, in his presence of, of who he was as the shepherd or as the, the one that is teacher, the, as the teacher, the Messiah. And the incense um, was given, um, I'm sorry, and the myrrh was given as a gift for the dead. It's usually something that would cover up the smell. And so it was a common thing to have that at a presence of a funeral. And so this was acknowledging the fact that Jesus would come and live and then die for us. This was a fragrant ointment that was used often at burial. And so we ought to give the appropriate gifts this Christmas as well. And again, I'm not talking about uh, the material things or even of finances. I'm talking about some more important things. Uh, we ought to give out of love and kindness. Last week we talked about love. We talked about how we can reflect God's love towards other people and kindness in the same sense. And we can do that to our friends or to our family. And we ought to give the gift of help to those that are hurting, people that need some support, somebody that needs an arm around them. And we ought to give the gift of forgiveness to those who have hurt us, which is a big one. Because I think that maybe all of us have somebody in our lives that we haven't truly forgiven. And when we talk about the love of Jesus and what he did for us, and we talk about um, the forgiveness that he gave us, if we're really going to model and if we're really going to um, give a special gift of love and kindness this, this, uh, this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to give a gift of forgiveness. And Jesus has forgiven us of all our wrongings and all our sins. But yet sometimes when we say that we're a Christ follower or we want to be like Jesus, we, we don't offer that same extension of forgiveness to the people that we have at least one point cared very deeply about. But it's not a fair thing to hold over somebody, especially when you've been forgiven yourself. Given these kind of gifts this season, this Christmas, will result in a joyous and more meaningful Christmas. But it's your opportunity. This Christmas, don't get wrapped up in things that would bring happiness. A big dinner table of family, the right gift to give, and watch the face of whoever opens it. Or maybe it's expecting that gift yourself. 
Those of you that have kids, you could probably remember what you got them for Christmas last year, but they don't. It's because happiness is temporary. But joy is so much more long-lasting. It is eternal. See, when we place our faith, when we place our trust in Jesus, we receive the joy that came to the world as a baby boy. We receive that joy that the magi or the wise men were exceedingly excited about, that the shepherds went running to go find out. See, joy was born on Christmas Day, and we can receive that and experience that, that that even when we are going through the most difficult time in our life, we still have joy. The joy of the Lord is still present. It's still there. And maybe you're not feeling that. Maybe you would say, you know what, I'm a Christian and I feel like I don't have that joy. You might be looking in the wrong place to experience that joy. So focus on these gifts this Christmas and what you could do. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. I want to tell you about the greatest gift that you could ever receive, and that is of salvation. Jesus came to this world to be a savior. He was known as the Messiah. And to be a savior means that he saved you from your sins. And scripture clearly tells us that when we place our trust and our faith in Christ, that when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is who he says he was and is, that we would be able to receive eternal life by what he did for us on the cross. So if there's ever a moment in your life where you'd say, you know what, I have never asked Jesus to come into my life and to save me, then I'd encourage you to do that. It's not about what you do. You can't earn your way to heaven. I think sometimes we, we think about the girl on Willy Wonka popping up on the scale. If she's a good egg or a bad egg, if she's a good egg, she goes to heaven. If she's a bad egg, she goes to hell. It's not how it works. Scripture will clearly tell us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we would be saved, saved from eternal damnation and be able to accept that eternal gift of salvation. There's no special way or words that makes that happen other than allowing Jesus to have that, to have that moment with Jesus. It would say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I know that I'm a sinner right now I confess that I want you to be Lord of, in my life forgive me of what I've done and help me grow in my relationship with you for those of you in the room that would say you know what I'm not experiencing the joy that I wish that I could this Christmas season I just want to pray a prayer over you that would say simply that you would find these gifts that we've talked about the gift of forgiveness, the gift of kindness, the gift of love that you can extend towards the people in your life to utilize what we call at Anchor Church the generosity of the four T's, time, talent, treasure, and testimony, that we have an opportunity 
to be a blessing to somebody. And I pray that God would reveal those moments to you. And I pray that he would allow you to be intentional this week with your family or with your friends, that you'd be able to spend just a little bit more time with him and slow down and recognize all that he's doing. Jesus, we thank you for this day and we thank you for these reminders today. Lord, I pray that it would just be an awesome, awesome Christmas season for every single person in here because they are expecting great things that you offer and that 2019 would be the best year yet. We love you in Jesus' name. for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.